Hi, and welcome to an episode of the JetRails podcast. I'm Robert Rand, your host for the day. I'm joined by Daniel Fertig from the Big Commerce team for a conversation about why Big Commerce is betting on headless commerce. And uh, with no further ado, Dan, would you mind introducing yourself? Yeah, thank you for having me, Robert. Pleasure to pleasure to be a part of the podcast, longtime listener. Excited to participate. Finally, finally at the invite. Um, <laughs> really quickly, so I've been with Big Commerce for three years now. Uh, born and raised in the Northeast, I moved to Austin, Texas, where we're headquartered, uh, specifically because of my excitement to join the company. Uh, and I look after the global agency partner ecosystem for the company. What that means is we work to empower and enable our ecosystem of development partners and solutions partners and SIs to deliver creative and compelling and beautiful experiences on the big commerce platform, uh, whether that's development, design, content, marketing services. Our job is to make them successful and ultimately our merchants successful. And I think actually that's how you and I met uh, years ago. Um, you know, I met you and your brother as SI partners. Um, and uh, the relationship has certainly, certainly evolved. Um, I see you're wearing a big commerce partner summit. Funny story about, you know, we can get into how small the e-commerce world is, but uh, I was uh, talking to, to my wife the other day and she's like, Are, do you know a uh, Seth Rand? And I said, yeah, how on earth do you know them? And she's like, Seth went to my high school in Brooklyn. How do you know him? I see him. He's at a big commerce partner summit in Chicago. And meanwhile, you're wearing the t-shirt from that partner summit. Uh, so definitely a small world, the e-commerce world that's is even a, smaller. So that's excited. hilarious. And yeah, yeah you know, excited I, to be talking to us New Yorkers seem to find each other out there in the mm -hmm. wild. <laughs> yeah. uh, some kind of radar in there. Yeah. But but no, it's been great getting to know you through the years and certainly, you know, changing roles from uh, being on the SI side myself to getting to work with, with you on, in this kind of a capacity where uh, we're both managing SI relationships and in some cases, uh, you know, with the same uh, agencies together, so mutual partners. And uh, But, you know, from the time that you and I first got to know each other, your team has grown immensely. So uh, I imagine that uh, some of those mutual partners that you may not get quite as, as much time with uh, as you would have in, in the good old days, uh, just given that you've got so yeah. many boots on the ground now to help with that. We do, and we're still hiring. I think I like to joke I have uh, 17 uh, reports, two children under three, and a wife that occasionally wants to still talk to me. So uh, I've been very busy over the last couple of years, for sure. Yeah, well, it, it shows. Definitely a lot of growth there at, at Big Commerce. And you know, who would have known that an e-commerce uh, platform that's completely SaaS like Big Commerce would would have been, uh, you know, partnering up <laughs> with someone in in the web hosting world? Is that something you would have predicted when you joined the Big Commerce team? You know, it's funny. I um, nothing surprises me, uh, and actually, I think uh, we can talk a little bit about what's evolved really in the world for sure, but I think, uh, it, you know, it is surprising in some ways and in many ways, um, it, it's actually not right. Like, uh, the platform itself is, has really evolved the big commerce platform to the point where, you know, we call it, we don't call it or we describe it open SaaS. And what we mean by that really is, uh, increasingly, merchants don't want to necessarily be boxed in to 
you know, a single solution, a single platform that delivers all of their needs. And so increasingly, from a product and a go-to-market approach, what we're focused on is best of breed. Um, and in some scenarios, in an increasing number of scenarios, best of breed means a dedicated content management platform for those merchants that are really content heavy, that are really storytelling heavy, uh, relying on that platform um, to tell the content story while enabling frictionless commerce. And so um, what we're looking to do is really just open up the platform to merchant choice. We want to still empower merchants um, to deliver growth, revenue growth, but sometimes that's done in a highly differentiated and content-oriented and experiential way. Uh, you know, three years ago, that wasn't as much the case either. And so I never close my, my mind to, you know, what is the right... Uh, type of relationship. I think five years ago, the idea that we'd all be shopping on Instagram was was weird to people. The idea that, that I can, you know, go on a jog, be able to buy a bottle of water at the end of my jog and not bring a wallet, right? Walking into Whole Foods, like people weren't doing that five years ago. So anyone who is sitting here saying, I don't think I'll ever partner with company X, I think they're, they're probably missing out. Uh, I always like to say I, I like unlikely partnerships because I think sometimes they generate uh, some of the best results. That it's when you pair up things that you don't, you know, naturally think go together that you create something pretty unique and and differentiated and awesome. So <laughs> yeah, I love the idea of, a, of, a, of you know a customer experience and hosting company uh, doing a podcast with a SaaS company. It's awesome. Yeah. And so, you know, with that in mind, um, why is big commerce betting on on headless commerce? Uh, I'll dive right in. Yeah, I think you know, it starts a little bit towards. Um, I would actually even take it a step back because there's a lot. This is some, that's a juicy question, right? And I think it starts with honestly how the commerce world has evolved generally over the last couple of years, right? There are probably like four key. Maybe more than I'm missing, but off the top of my head, four key levers um, that that I've seen. You know, I've been in e-commerce for over a decade now, and that I've seen really um, change the industry. Um, there's one that is, you know, the story of like ownership versus access, and that's happening in all walks of life, right? It's we used to walk into a. I'm old enough to remember. I used to go to a Blockbuster on Saturday night. Now they don't exist anymore, except maybe for one store location. Right now we rent. Uh, I used to buy a newspaper every day. Now I get my content online. I used to buy CDs. Now I stream music on Spotify. I used to, you know, lease office space. Now people are at, well, hopefully for a long time to come at WeWorks. I, I used to get photos printed and now they sit in to, some cloud somewhere. That I used to I have know. to drop my, yeah, I used to have to drop my film roll off and now, yeah, God knows where they're hosted and who's looking at them. <laughs> um, that shift from ownership to access is happening in e-commerce as well, right? And so... Uh, I remember the days, I'm old enough also, I used to sit on the, I was on the first partner advisory board for DemandWare um, and still have a, a great number of friends that work there, uh, Salesforce Commerce Cloud. And uh, there were days not that long ago, like six years ago, where we'd have entire sessions on how to convince merchants that they can do what they needed to do on SaaS, that they didn't you know, have to um, be on open source, right? And so... Like those were the entire conversations. So, so there's the shift towards access. There's the shift towards being able to choose best of breed 
Um, there's consolidation happening in the industry in the back, the backlash to that consolidation. And so a lot of that is happening where, where merchants are now trying to figure out um, what is the right solution for them, right? And honestly, sometimes it's not just one answer. Sometimes it's hosting NSAS to, to the point about this conversation. Um, so that's a big one. I think the first one, the second one is the rise of really over the last three years, the rise of digitally native brands are disrupting traditional brands. And what we're seeing now is uh, a lot of the traditional brands trying to disrupt the disruptors um, with large budgets, ad budgets um, that they're trying to start to put to work into digital. They weren't doing that, you know, three to five years ago. Um, I see the subscription economy evolving and impacting, especially on the direct-to-consumer side, a lot of a lot of how people are buying and where and who they're buying from and how frequently. Uh, and then, you know, obviously the giant hanging over everything that everybody does, which is Amazon. You can't mention how commerce has evolved um, over the last few years without mentioning Amazon. And so, um, you know, when we think about that, it really is we are at an inflection point in e-commerce where I think everything from the platform to the industry participants to the merchants themselves are trying to figure out what is the right path for me. That means agencies are playing an increasingly important role, but it also means that I believe, and big commerce is betting, that if you're willing to offer merchants choice about what works for them, when it works for them, as they continue to evolve, um, then you're ultimately going to be doing the best service for them in the long term. And what we have found is that increasingly, and why we're betting on headless, is that increasingly, you know, merchants want to be able to decouple the cart. They're kind of expecting the cart to be able to do what they want it to do in a highly secure and scalable way. But they wanted to couple that and actually just start to think about differentiated commerce experience, experiential commerce. Um, and headless is a really important mechanism to be able to do that. Yeah, so I mean, long I, answer, but hopefully gives you a little bit of context. No, it's true. And look, there's a lot of platforms right now that are getting into different headless offerings. You know, they're not all one and the same. Um, so headless is sort of a catch-all term, but at the same time, we're seeing that, you know, big commerce got to market early with some, some great opportunities. I mean, we partnered up around the WordPress and Drupal communities being able mm. to host with mission critical hosting, those sorts of sites uh, that are going to leverage big commerce as the commerce engine That's uh, right. on the back end. But, you know, we're excited to see what some of the custom sites that come out are because, you know, we offer tailored solutions. So, we're not limited to working with, uh, you know, prefab CMS systems that, you know, we love the com the more complex the project, <laughs> the more fun yeah. it is here at, at JetRails. Yeah, we have a Slack channel here um, in the office and it's just, um, it's basically a, you know, dope new sites uh, channel um, for the benefit of the, you know, people who are talking to merchants and customers and partners every day so that we can educate them on, you know, the cool things that are happening with our platform and, and, to be honest, I'm, um, I love, it's my favorite channel. Uh, I have a team channel, which uh, includes a lot of gifts and is great. Um, but like the new site channel is to me the most exciting one because I continue to be amazed by, you know, what we're able to do with our partners, getting really interesting, really cool sites live on the platform. Um, and and, and I, the types of sites that are being launched today 
when I started at Big Commerce, like I wouldn't have guessed that we would be able to be able to deliver. Yeah. And again, it's a it's a big part of that. A big part of that innovation is coming from our ecosystem. Yeah, and I, I think that's part of the education on market because what you could do with open source versus SaaS versus what I'll consider a new hybrid model, uh, maybe you know five years ago or three years ago or two years ago, is different than today. So it's constantly educating the consumer where, like you say, that, you know, folks didn't grow up in the sharing economy that we have today, right. uh, let alone with, you know, the ability to, to buy that bottle of water without yeah. having any, any uh, you know, cash or credit card or what have you just have your, your mobile phone or something else to uh, manage the checkout from yeah. a retail store that, that it's, it's the evolution that's interesting <laughs> that we're seeing uh, and doing a lot around uh, progressive web apps, PWA, and um, you know some of these other new. Uh, and it's funny you have to be careful how you talk about these things now. Whether you talk about it as a standard or a uh, or, or a technology or what have you, but um, you know these opportunities, as I look at them, for merchants to build a better experience to give a consumer something that they can't. Uh, get through just going to Amazon. Um, yeah, you know, owning the consumer, owning the customer relationship um, is huge, and differentiating that uh, that experience is a big part of it. Yeah, I, and and you know, I, I think a lot of that innovation. I mean, it's happening every day. I mean, this might be the very last podcast ever recorded where two guys are using wires rather than AirPods. Still, um, and I really love that about this. But you know. Everything is changing on a monthly on a monthly basis, and what you just described uh, is really to the core of what I said about open SaaS and merchant choice. It's about really what is what is the merchant looking to achieve? How are they looking to differentiate? And some merchants, now we define it as like chore shopping versus experiential shopping, right? And so for chore shopping, you might want a very different experience than you are as a merchant might be thinking of for experiential and differentiated experiences, right? Like if I buy toilet paper and paper towels and shavers, I mean, that's about recurring subscriptions. It's about upselling me into if I own multiple brands, you know, samples of other brands. It's about getting me to adopt more of your, of your products. That's a very different experience, and oftentimes it should be a very different experience than, say, buying a pair of sneakers. It's not to say you shouldn't still think about the end customer experience, right? Like one of our customers um, you know, sells diapers, it's you know, pampers, and uh, I can go in. One of my favorite things to do is actually, and I, I said I have two kids under three, I'll go in and buy off of the website, um, like different patterns on those diapers for my boys like that are really cool for that month. Like that's a way to differentiate chore shopping, but compare that to say a customer like, you know, Firewire, um, big commerce. Um, they're using uh, our big commerce for WordPress plugin. They're doing headless. Um, they're hosting separately, right? The front end, decoupled the presentation layer from the back end. They're a great example of what I describe as a, like a differentiated commerce experience and experiential commerce experience, right? So uh, in addition to firewire.com, you being able to buy surfboards where you're calculating based on your weight and your skill level what the right surfboard is for you, you can go to one of their surf parks and you can 
get sized for the right board, spend all day learning how to surf that board, come out of the water still soaking wet, having fallen in love with the board you just spent all day getting beaten up on and learning to surf. And on a big commerce-powered kiosk, literally buy the same board you've just been surfing on all day and get it delivered to your doorstep before you get home from the surf bar. Wow. Right? That's a great example of experiential commerce that technology is empowering that might have been hard to pull off five to 10 years ago. And I think part of what's so cool about that for guys like us is that, you know, big commerce isn't necessarily deciding that that's where the merchant is going to head with the technology, nor would a jet rails be in that situation that we're there to empower businesses to be able to live on the, on the cutting edge of what's possible um, to be able to do more with with the technology. And, And so that's really fantastic. Um, yeah. Being able to see folks do that with a platform like Big Commerce is great. Yeah, and I think you know, I love, I actually love the name of your company because it's so. I mean, we are. If you think about the platform, I mean, we're the rails, right? Like we're the we're the plumbing in many ways. Oh, I love the Big Commerce Cup. You've come prepared. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have indeed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know how to. Yeah, you know you how don't want to know how much swag <laughs> I'm sitting on. I, I'm going to be. Moving well, soon. We're expecting uh, child number two, uh, you know, in a few months. And yeah. um, I, my wife is when she sees me start packing that stuff up and realizes just how much there is. I'm gonna- All right. Our next, our next podcast is going to be for dads who have two kids, um, <laughs> and uh, we can uh, also talk about best practices for swag as well. I've, I've learned some things the hard way. Um, but back to my point around the plumbing, right? Like our job. BigCommerce, you know, we have a mission critical job and you have a mission critical job. You need to make sure that a merchant site is easy to use and does not go down when they most need you to be reliable. Same thing for us, right? At the end of the day, um, it's the really smart people on the merchant side, on the SI side, on the agency side, the creatives that are the ones that are just... enabled by our technology to be really creative with it, right? That firewire example is not some awesome thing that big commerce came up with that they should do. It's some really smart brand people, some really smart marketers that understand customer experience. And all they were able to do is be empowered by the technology. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that, you know, for us, it's sometimes, you know, we're not (laughs) really the ones choosing what needs to be hosted. So, it might not be a front end. It might not be headless. It might be the apps on the back end, yeah. um, which don't always, you know, come to mind, you know, as the, the mission critical part. But let me tell you when that, that app is crucial to the user experience on the site or to the, you know, the ability to, to operate. Um, next thing you know, you know, Black Friday comes and that app isn't, you know, properly secure, scalable stable and uh, and supported and what have you being maintained properly in terms of the, the hosting environment and architecture um, you know all the you know the, the great platform build uh, you know on on a you know on that SaaS platform everything else goes down the tubes um, so it's it's funny that, you know we all follow the market a little bit and uh, you know we're there for for those that need us um, you know we're we're always excited when someone comes to us with something new and uh, you know we can go out there and try to build a market wherever we want. But at the end of the day, it's some of these amazing uh, agency partners that we have and dev shops and yeah. what have you, these SIs that are 
moving the needle every day and, and these merchants that have these amazing developers on staff. Yeah, that's a, it's a great point. Like, you know, middleware um, oftentimes it gets overlooked and the platform and the hosting company um, are great. The middleware needs to be developed optimally and, and the, the, the maintenance of that middle, middleware is just as important as you know, the presentation layer because at the end of the day, all of the systems need to talk to each other well, and they need to be reliable. Yeah. And so I'll pull it back a little bit back. You know, we touched a bit on WordPress Drupal, on uh, on those sorts of, uh, you know, existing groups, and they have their own large communities uh, around the globe. What's it yeah. been like for a SaaS provider like BigCommerce to get involved with those open source communities? <laughs> a, a learning experience. Right. And so we're probably viewed skeptically at first. Um, I think what we have found is that, you know, sell, sell is a four letter curse word <laughs> in, these, in these communities. Right. I mean, if you come into those trying to sell people on your solution, on why you're so great, uh, they will immediately shut down and disregard you. Um, it is really about what are you contributing to the ecosystem? What are you contributing to the community? How are you benefiting the community, uh, the merchants participating, the vendors participating in the community, um, both in the form of content, in enablement, in conversation, uh, and product, right? And so uh, we have had to take a step back because we live in a world where we have to hit numbers every single quarter, right? Um, but ultimately, like we really needed to take a step back and try to understand who these people were, what's important to them, and in some ways, it's it's different than you know the traditional SaaS ecosystem. And mm -hmm. so, you know, that has been a, a really big learning for us. It's not about selling; it's about contributing, um, and it's about empowering and enabling. And I know those are buzzy words, but <laughs> It's so true in, in that community, in the open source community, in the hosting community. Um, and I think that has been actually in, a very, in very many ways a good learning for us. We've taken that back, hopefully, in many ways to the broader business the, you know, to rethink how we talk about uh, product marketing, how we talk about go-to-market, how we talk about community as well. Yeah, I know that the first uh, partner guest blog post that our team Put together for big commerce was on WordPress speed. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think that one's launched quite just yet. So spoiler alert there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but you know, we wanted to be able to provide something that went above and beyond just, you know, headless or what have you, but something that, that was really valuable to the, the WordPress ecosystem that um, that we love so much. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting that finding those ways of bringing value and not making it about you know, ab about what we're trying to drive people maybe toward, but rather what their needs are and, and how we work together, um, you know, to, to bring them uh, useful information, you know, th things that they can take home with them, regardless of whether or not they're working with JetRails or BigCommerce. Or, yeah. It's always important. Um, yeah. And, and, and it's not, I don't think it's just us either, right? Like the two industries are blending SaaS and, and open source SaaS and and hosting are blending like Salesforce just put hundreds of millions of dollars into automatic. Yeah. Right. Salesforce is literally synonymous with SaaS. Um, they're a pioneer yeah. in the industry and they just invested into a hosting 
Absolutely. And, <laughs> uh, and above and beyond that, Salesforce, you know, commerce cloud, you know, demandware, uh, you know, in essence, it, part of Salesforce just made that huge investment into automatic, who's going to yeah. take a, a chunk of that exactly money right. toward, toward some of their solutions in market with Woo. And so it's, it is really an interesting play. Um, and, you know, that, that brings me to a good question about uh, headless commerce and, and the implications for SMB versus enterprise. So, I, and I think those are two <laughs> fantastic examples that the merchant that would have been using yeah. WooCommerce is maybe going to look at headless in a different way and in a different use case uh, in, in a different application than uh, the one that would have been looking at, uh, at demandware, Salesforce Commerce Cloud. Yeah, and that's exactly right. And you know, we we definitely think about those two markets and their needs, you know, in a bifurcated way. But even for the enterprise clients, we've started we started in SMB, and so everything that we do actually the focus starts with usability and kind of informing how to use a product. And then, you know, as we move into enterprise with that product, our goal is to always open it up and make it more flexible. Um, but you know, we, our goal is to never sacrifice speed, right? So if you think about our ability to do headless, the, the benefits there, there are myriad benefits um, for both SMB and for enterprise. And sometimes those are different. It could be multi-brand, multi-currency, multinational, multi-store on the enterprise side. But for SMB, it's it, it's very often around you know. The, the PCI compliance nature of our platform, the frictionless commerce and mobile optimized uh, transactions that are happening. But at its core, it's about speed, right? Um, you don't want the commerce portion and all the product and catalog data slowing down front end. And so everything that we're looking to do for those merchants is about speed of your site, improving your SEO rankings because your site is so performant, um, usability of, of the two platforms together with the front end and the commerce portion. Um, so whether we're an enterprise, whether we're an SMB, it's really about performance. And then it's just a question of how they want to use those two systems together. And, you know, tying it back to what you do day in and day out, how is the agency partnership side of, of headless commerce? Is that driving you to take on new partners that, uh, that have more experience in some of these ecosystems? like in the WordPress and uh, Drupal world, are you looking to onboard more partners as a result of the push into headless? Yeah, so it's, um, let me start by saying, I would say with headless, as it is with our core platform with headless, the real value um, starts with people. Right. And so, I mean, you know, jet rails, one of your core differentiators is the people, right? It's the expertise. It's the support. Is somebody going to be there at 3 a.m. on a Tuesday night when they need you most? Um, like commerce has been about people for thousands of years, well before e-commerce was a thing. Uh, and in, in every in very many ways, it's still about the people. Um, and so it's even more important. For the agencies to adapt to what has been happening over a number of years now, which is the blending of content and commerce. Right? I have at our upcoming partner summit in October, when when uh, and, and I believe I'll be seeing you and shaking your hand face to face. Absolutely. Uh, one of the one of the dedicated sessions that I'll be helping to facilitate is the future of digital agencies. 
And I do firmly believe that agencies that are thinking about content and experiences just as much as they're thinking about conversion rate optimization and cart and checkout are the ones that are going to be adding the most value to customers at the end of the day. And so if anything, Headless um, has given partners more responsibility and more freedom in many ways to serve uh, end customers. Um, and yes, the, to answer your question, I think it has opened up the um, types of agency partners that have taken an interest in BigCommerce in the communities of WordPress and the communities of Drupal. Um, one thing that has also been really interesting in our business, and um, this is not to take shots at any other platform, um, but the fact that we are an independent e-commerce platform that is not married um, by virtue of being acquired to any content platform really empowers agencies to choose best of breed for the merchant, right? None of our reps are paid extra if a merchant goes to buy this front end versus that front end. It very much is about finding the right solution for the merchant. And I think that has really excited a lot of partners in an era of vendor consolidation, let's say, um, an acquisition and an M&A. Um, the idea of, hey, you can have a best of breed and not feel obligated to choose any specific front end by, um, by virtue of any other fact that it is the best solution for you as a merchant for any number of reasons, I think that excites a lot of agencies and it excites a lot of merchants. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when you think about where we're going as a business, uh, I think that's, a, that's actually a competitive advantage for us. Yeah. And, you know, it reminds me that uh, we have a mutual partner, uh, Bolt, um, that yeah. I thought it was very interesting when they partnered up with Big Commerce because they in essence, take over the checkout with their own highly optimized checkout system, increases conversion rates, uh, takes away a lot of friction, a lot of issues. But, you know, having something that was going to come in there and, and sort of, in essence, step into a piece of the, the funnel, I thought was really interesting. And, and, you know, my hat's off to big commerce for seeing the value in that. Um, yeah. We just put out a, uh, actually a, a guide um, for, those that are interested in learning more about, you know, the benefits and best practices for headless commerce with your team and with Bolt, um, shameless plug there. <laughs> you know, I, have so, a, I have read it, and it's a good read for anyone who's not uh, who's not had a chance to download it yet. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, you and know, I it's, think, it's good you know, stuff. That I I think that there's, uh, you know, back back to sort of the the beginning of today's podcast. Some of those unlikely partnerships and alliances can really pan out well. Yeah, and I think um, that's a good example of, you know, a partner-first mentality, right? Where, you know, our job is to implement best practices across checkout. We serve, you know, close to 70,000 merchants at this point. And honestly, not everyone is going to have the same checkout flow and not everyone is going to have the same requirements. Um, And so, you know, a lot of the innovation happens with our ecosystem. And so by having a partner first mentality, um, rather than having to own all parts of the ecosystem, um, we're empowering innovators, whether it's in checkout, whether it's in email, right? Whether it's in payments, we want to empower innovators that are happening around our platform to go in and identify opportunities for improvement for big commerce merchants. 
Um, because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's about success for big commerce merchants. Um, and uh, we don't have to own every component of that for every single merchant. Our goal is to have best of breed partners, whether that's Jet Rails, whether that's Bolt or anybody else, um, and let them continue to innovate around our platform as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know I'll see you in a few weeks for that uh, partner summit that you mentioned earlier. So that's always exciting to get to yeah. come out to Austin, keep things weird out there, as they say in Austin. We will, we will definitely have to do some barbecue. Absolutely. Um, any spoilers that you can share uh, ahead of that event? Anything cool coming up <laughs> with, with big commerce that, that you can, uh, you know, that you can get yourself in lots of trouble by telling us about on today's podcast episode? Yeah, let me uh, let me tell you a couple of things that hopefully don't have to get ed- edited out of the platform, out of the podcast. Um, and then once we stop recording, maybe I'll tell you one or two things that are really exciting too. Um, you, I, I think we've been the, the nice part about working here is is we've been pretty transparent, frankly, uh, about the roadmap. We do our town halls pretty regularly every single month, uh, so pretty transparent about the roadmap. Some cool things. Now, I don't think it's any news, the focus on, you know, multi-store, multi-currency, which will be released this year, um, multi-location inventory in the works. I think things like the fact that we now have a mobile app, a store management mobile app live in the Apple Store, uh, very excited about that. It's definitely been something that's been asked for um, by, our, by our merchants, so excited to have just released that this week. Um, and, uh, if I gave you all of the upcoming exciting information in the next couple of months, people wouldn't have a reason to come visit us in October. So I will, uh, I'll keep some of the other stuff under wraps for now. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm, I will make sure that I, uh, I, I have some good tidbits to come home with then. Um, and so really it's, it's been a pleasure having you here today, uh, you know, joining for this episode, any final thoughts? No, I mean, we, uh, first of all, uh, I'm really excited to have gotten to, to do this podcast um, and uh, always always fun having a conversation with you, whether it's being recorded or otherwise. And I'm sure we'll have lots more to talk about when you're over here. Um, yeah, but, you know, open, open SaaS, headless commerce, those are uh, not fads for us. Um, they're very much where our merchants are looking to go. And it's so... You know, that is, you know, when you think about where big commerce is going over the next couple of years, you know, we want to continue to um, offer the best in usability with the best of openness to continue to disrupt the mid-market and the enterprise space. Uh, open and headless are really key parts of that disruption model. And so partners like you are going to continue to play an increasingly important role in how we go to market. So excited to work with you both on a personal and a professional level as well. As always. Well, thank you so much for for joining. Thank you to our listeners for uh, tuning in for another episode of the Jet Rails podcast. If you have questions, thoughts, comments, uh, feel free to reach out um, at Jet Rails on Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook. Uh, You know, certainly you can reach us at jetrails.com if you have thoughts for a future episode or on this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks and happy selling. Cheers. Thanks for having me.